All right, COP, let's open up our Bibles to our Old Testament passage and dig through and understand some more principles from God and about what our life should look like, obeying him, following him, and serving him. Judges 16 verse 1 to chapter 17 verse 13 is our passage today. So let's go and begin. Verse 1, Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went into her. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here, and they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night, saying, Let us wait till morning, then we will kill him. But Samson lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts, and pulled them apart, bar and all. He put them on his shoulder and carried them to the top of the hill that is set in front of Hebron. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorak, whose name was Delilah. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said, Seduce him, and see where his great strength lies. By what means may we overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him, and we will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. That is a lot of money. So Delilah said to Samson, Please, Tell me where your great strength lies, and how you might be bound, that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven bowstrings that had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now she had men lying in ambush in an inner chamber and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings, and the thread of flax snaps when it touched the fire. But so the secret of his strength was not known. It wasn't true. Then Delilah said to Samson, Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, If they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And the men lying in ambush were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. You know a thread, a piece of thread, you break it, how easy that is? Thick ropes wrapped around him like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my head with the web and fasten it tight with a pin, then I shall become weak like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into a web and made them in tight with a pin, and said to them, Phil The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he woke from his sleep, and pulled away the pin, the loom, and the web. And she said to him, and here is the manipulating part, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You're trying to capture him! You have mocked me, 
these three times. You have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words, day after day, and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. He told her all his heart and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought her the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees, then she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him. His strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. And he ground at the mill in the prison, but the hair of his head began to grow after it had been shaved. Now the Lord of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, to rejoice and said, Our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. When the people saw him, in, they praised their God. For they said, Our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country, who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, Call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars, and Samson, stood, Samson said to the young men who held him by the hand, Let me feel the, feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women, and the lords of the Philistines were there, and on the roof there were about three thousand men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O oh Lord God, please remember me. Please strengthen me once again, O oh God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight on them, and his right hand on the one, and the left hand on the other. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength, and the house fell upon the Lord's and all those who were in it. So the dead, whom he killed at his death, were more than those whom he killed during his life. Then his brothers and his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had judged Israel 20 years. So in the end of this mistake that he had made, this confidence cocky moment, he still was able to give honor and glory. Chapter 17. There was a man in the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah, 
And he said to his mother, The one thousand one hundred pieces of silver that were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse, and also spoke it in my ears. Behold, the silver is with me. I took it. And he, his mother said, Blessed be my son by the Lord. And he restored the one thousand one hundred pieces of silver to his mother. And his mother has said, I dedicate the silver to the Lord from the hand of my son to make a carved image, a metal image. Now, therefore, I will restore it to you. When he restored the money to his mother, his mother took the two hundred pieces of silver and gave it to a silversmith who made it into a carved image and a metal image. And it was in the house of Mika. And the man Mika had a shrine. He made an ephod and household gods and ordained one of his sons who became his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes, which is a problem because you're not holding anything to the word of God. You're doing what's right in your own eyes instead of what is right in his eyes. Now there was a young man of Bethlehem in Judah, and the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he sojourned there. And the man departed from the town in Beth of Bethlehem in Judah to sojourn where he could find a place. And as he sojourned, he came to the, the country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah. And Micah said to him, Where do you come from? And he said, I am a Levite of Bethlehem in Judah, and I'm going to sojourn where I may find a place. And Micah said to him, Stay with me, and be you to my father, and a priest, and I will give you ten pieces of silver a year, and a suit of clothes, and your living. And the Levite went in. And the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man became to him like one of his sons. And Micah ordained the Levite, the young man, became his priest, and he was in the house of Micah. Then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord will prosper me, because I have the Levite as a priest. It's important for us, COP, to always remember we have the word of God. We have access to pray to God, to worship God, to give him honor and glory. Let's always remember we need to be digging into the word to understand who he is, what he does, but also what he wants from us, what we should be doing, what we should not be doing. That is so important for us to do, to understand, so that every day in our walk we are living a life that gives honor to God. We're living a life that worships him. We are living a life, what? That he can bless. I hope you enjoyed this part of the Old Testament. Some important principles here that we need to be applying into our life and praying that we apply into our life. Let's now open up our hearts some more and worship our Heavenly Father.
we're going to be moving to our New Testament passage, John chapter 4, verse 46, to chapter 5, verse 17, together this morning. Let us begin. So he came to Cana, Jesus, in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, you can come with us in Israel tour. Then there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. He had faith, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. He was desperate. Sometimes we come to God and we're desperate and we're crying out. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. Now here is the critical part. The man believed the word of Jesus that was spoke to him and went on his way. And he was going down. His servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever had left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Let's pause here before we move on to the next chapter. There's times we're going to hear things, and it has to come as a choice in our heart to have faith, to believe, and to hold on. When Jesus speaks something to you, he means it. When God makes a promise to you, he means it too. Let's hold on to that. Let's be encouraged by that. And let us look forward to seeing all of the amazing things that God is going to do in our lives. Amen? Chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which had five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Is that something you want? Jesus asked him. The sick man said, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and when I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. Get up, go back, go have your life, go show yourself clean, go work, go have your family, go believe, get up and walk. And once the man was healed, he took up, took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, the man that, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Now if you're the person receiving the healing, and you've been sick for 38 years, and someone tells you, Okay, you're going to be healed, you're going to stand up, you're going to pick up your, your mat right there, and you're going to walk, and you can do it, you're going to do it. Why? You've been recovered 38 years of being an invalid. 
doesn't matter to you at that point what does the law say what's happening that day if someone tells you pick up your mat walk and you can do it you're going to do it so let's now look at the response they asked him who is the man who said to you take up your bed and walk now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for jesus had withdrawn and there was a crowd in the place afterwards jesus found him in the temple now this guy is in the temple he's continuing having a life and jesus said to him see you are well sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you you've received your healing now keep your healing by living right the man went away and told the jews that it was jesus who had healed them and this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered him, My father is working until now, and I am working. Number one, they are persecuting him for working on the Sabbath. Not happy for the people who are healed, happy for the people whose lives are forever changed. They're persecuting Jesus for it. Because of the laws in their little mind, they want to restrict to Jesus they get upset. But Jesus says, you know what? My heavenly father is working. I do what my father does. So I am also going to be working. It's important for us to keep our mind focused on him, to keep our mind focused on what he's doing, on what he says, and not on the stuff and the situations and circumstances here. We got to understand we follow Jesus. We follow God where he tells us to go, what he tells us to do. It is an important reminder for us. So COP, as we get ready to wrap up morning devotions this morning, I would just love to pray for you. Let's pray that we will be workers and followers of God. Amen. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we apply it into our heart and into our life. Lord, we pray and ask that you be with us. Lord, we know that you are a good and faithful Heavenly Father. Lord, continue to show us and direct us to the path that you want and the path that you desire for us to follow. Lord, help us to be able to be strong, to follow you no matter what. Lord, we thank you for the principles that we've learned today in your word about how we should live, how we should follow, what our heart should be like, what our mouth should be like. Lord, help us to apply these things in our heart and in our everyday life. Father, we also continue to pray for our nation. Lord, that sickness and disease be far from it, far from our household, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are with us, that you are blessing us, that you are keeping us safe and secure. So, Lord, we continue to worship you, to praise you, because you are a good Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray that you give wisdom, Lord God, to our government officials as they're going through the situations now, as they're making decisions, Lord God, about the future, about what's going to be happening for this country. We pray for favor, Lord God, upon the businesses and upon the workers, upon the students, upon the doctors and nurses. That strength will flow within them, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for your love and your peace, Lord God, which surpasses all understanding. We worship you and we look forward to worshiping you in your home this weekend, Lord God, to being in your house to give you glory, honor, and praise. We praise and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you, COP. Have an amazing weekend and we look forward to seeing you in God's house. Take care and be blessed.